0: Well, hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 121 and session number 32 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via email and I get to answer them. And this is what I look forward to. I love doing this right here. And I just wanted to kind of pause for a second and say that I literally just did this this morning with uh, one of my friends, my newer friends. I just met this guy through my youngest daughter and uh, she has a schoolmate that they had a play date and then we met their parents and then we went to dinner with their parents and I learned what he did and we just got talking about business. He's a personal trainer and I started talking to him about just things that, uh, that I'm doing online and that he was kind of not even aware of that was happening there and it was just really interesting to be able to go into detail as far as how he can build An online business from his offline business, and it really gets us thinking when we start looking around or listening to other people's stories and what they can do to offer, and I just did a Periscope on this as well. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about as far as a Periscope, I didn't know either until uh, probably about three months ago. It's connected to Twitter. It's where I do a live stream just whenever, and uh, from there, I kind of just ramble about uh, this business or business stuff in general or mindset stuff, all of that stuff. If you wanted to follow me on Periscope, just head over to Periscope. Scope and search for Scott Volker and uh, you'll find me and uh, on Twitter, I'm at uh, I'm literally at Scott Volker. So if you wanted to uh, connect there, you can do that as well. Getting off topic here a little bit. We're going to answer some questions, I promise you. But my point was, I did sit down at a table at a coffee shop with my new friend here and we discussed some strategies for him moving forward within his business to take it online, start selling physical products, start selling training, start building out uh, you know, really some information out there for people to come into his world and all that stuff. So again, I just want to say I love answering these questions. I'd be doing this whether I'm doing a podcast or whether I'm sitting at a coffee shop with one person and this platform, this podcast, because of you, because you're listening and that I know that I'm reaching people really helps me and motivates me to want to keep doing this. So keep them coming. All right. So again, if you have a question, head over to theAmazingSeller.com forward slash ask. Now, before we do jump into a question, I did want to give a little shout out to our Facebook community, our TASers, that is, because it's, you know, it's something when You go out there, you take action, you push yourself through some roadblocks, and you do something. Whether it's the smallest thing, it's still progress. And I always look at things as progress and as lessons. So let me just give a quick little shout out here to Chris Pearson. Chris, congratulations, number one, on posting this and sharing this. And this is what Chris had to say. After pushing past all of my doubts and minor product and packaging issues, I finally got my first shipment out today. Thanks to Scott and everyone in the group for the wealth of knowledge shared. Good luck to everyone else out there as well. And again, posting it in there shows that he's taking action, but also other people that might have these doubts and these struggles and these frustrations, they're not alone. And we all know we don't want to be alone in this. So if you guys have not connected to the TAS Facebook group, I urge you to do that as soon as you get done listening to this, of course. So you can head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. All right, so I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I am going to answer your questions that were submitted, but I had to answer a question here that was emailed to me literally this morning, and it's fresh in my head. I I emailed him back, but I wanted to kind of let everyone know here the answer to this question because I get this question a lot. I don't just get it on, you know, the podcast or as far as like, you know, people emailing me. I also get it on our workshop. I do a live workshop that most of you know. And whenever I do one of them, I do live Q and a, and this question comes up a lot. And here's the question, Scott, what happens when I go into a market and I'm searching for a product and I see that there's thousands of people or hundreds of people, thousands, hundreds, it doesn't matter. There's a ton of people selling a similar product. What do I do? Do I just say, I'm not going to do it because there's a ton of people selling that product? Well, it really depends, but I don't look at that. I don't look and say, oh, wow, look at I just searched for a garlic press, and now because of that, uh, there's let's say there's 500 people selling a similar garlic press. I better not do it. I don't look at that. Here's what I look at. I look at the first page for garlic press. I look at some of the second page for garlic press, okay? Those are the two pages that count. They count for the amount of sales that are being generated so I can see the depth, but also it shows me my competition. These are the ones that I need to be able to compete with, okay? Now, you need to understand this, right? There's a lot of courses out there and people teaching this stuff, including this podcast, all right? And what happens is, is people will, with good intentions, they'll launch a product. They put it up there inside of the Amazon platform in in their catalog, and then what happens is, they lose momentum, or they run into a roadblock and they stop, and then that listing just sits there, stagnant, nothing, right, you're, it's not going to go anywhere unless you go in there and delete it, so there's products that are probably just collecting dust on Amazon shelves that are in the actual catalog of Amazon, so just understand that as well, just because it shows that there's 500 products Around this keyword or a thousand or five thousand. I don't even care about that. What I care about is page one and page two. Those are the two that I look at. I look, I use those pages as my gauge, as my guide. I I say, okay, how many of these products are very similar? Is there any way that I'm gonna be able to differentiate my product? Am I gonna be able to bundle within this category or within this product space, this market? And you're gonna hear me talking more about the market. Really, when we're going into business, we should be thinking about a market. How can we serve this market? Because the market's going to need more than just one product. That's my feelings anyway. All right? So the first page is the page that's going to really uh, decide if it's a market that you want to go into that you think that you're going to be able to compete with. You're going to look at the reviews. How many reviews do all of these listings have? Are they all, you know, 500 or over? So it's going to be harder to compete with because if someone comes to your listing, they, they see you have two reviews and someone else has 500 Obviously, the one with 500 is probably going to get more sales, okay, as long as they're not all two-star reviews, right? I mean, common sense. But here's the thing. I just look at that page. I don't worry about that there's 500 people selling or products listed, okay? So you, you need to understand that when moving into looking for products. Don't necessarily look and see how many people are selling a product. Look at the products that are actually selling, and if you think that you can go in and compete with those particular sellers, So I wanted to answer this question right off the bat because I know that a lot of you have this question. There is my answer. Again, you may or may not agree with that, but that's my philosophy and that is my thoughts on that particular question. So I hope that this has been helpful. Now, let's go ahead and listen to a question from you in your own voice and I will go ahead and give you my answer.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Eric. Love the show, man. Great job. I just listened to episode 111 and would love to hear more on this subject. My plan is to go into a competitive niche where there's tons of demand and build a brand of original products and then sell the business for five years down the road. I'd love to hear your and Ty's take on on purposefully entering a competitive market to capture some of that demand with unique products. And then, uh, you know, specific tips and tricks that we should be using if we are just starting a business with the goal of selling it. Thanks for all you do.
0: Hey Eric, thanks for the question and I think you're in a great spot by the way. If you if you are creating your own product, it's it's a to me it's it's a whole nother game, okay? Because you have full control over that product and it's going to be very hard for someone to come in and copy that product especially if you're forming it and creating it yourself with your special mold or your special design and who knows, maybe you even have a patent on that. So that's a whole nother ball game. That's another topic. So if you, if you guys are listening, anyone out there listening that is saying that they want to have their own product, they're going into a competitive space, but in that competitive space, you have your own angle, your own design, your own product. Okay. That's going to be a lot easier for you to go in there and compete. It, you know, unless the product isn't good, right? I mean, if the product isn't good, it's not going to, but if you go in and you see a product that's selling and then you have a great idea to make it better. Now, however you came up with how to make it better, hopefully the market told you that it was better. And a one little side tip here on how you do that, and I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, is where you look at people's reviews on those other products. I wish it had this. I wish it wasn't as long as this. I wish it came with this, right? So all of that stuff. That can help you build that custom product. So when I say I don't like going into a competitive market, a very, very, you know, saturated and very, very, uh, you know, competitive cutthroat business like supplements. When I say that, that's just saying that you're going in there and you're going to private label a product. Whole nother ball game when you have control over the design or what comes included with it, or you know, the, the entire experience with it, right? All of that stuff is different if you're going to go into a competitive space, and you will have a better chance at entering that space if you have a custom product. Okay, so just want to be clear on that if you are the creator of this product then you will have a really, really good chance to succeed. Now, with that being said, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm not creating my own product, but I have a way to differentiate by including more things in this bundle that might be around this competitive space, that's another way that you can enter a competitive space, okay? It's like, for example, and I'm not saying do this, but let's just say, for example, you went in the iPhone space. With cases. Well, maybe it's not cases, but maybe it's something around that particular product. Again, it's a probably a bad example because you know, that there is very, very competitive, very saturated, low margins, all of that stuff. But you get what I'm saying. If you find something that even has a trend to it, but then you're able to create something customized out of that as far as even a custom, not a custom product technically, but a custom uh, bundle, right? Or a custom package that includes the kit, right? Or the the, you know, the the things that make it easier to use the thing, right? But you're having more than one part to it. And I know I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent there, but you get what I'm saying. In order to differentiate yourself, especially moving forward, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it's saturated, you know, there's too much competition. It is for people that are just taking a product and slapping a label and moving on. If you're able to take that product make a bundle out of that product that has, you know, complementing uh, or complementary products around it, then that's a different story. Again, as we move forward, we will need to be more creative whether it's product design or whether it's bundling, you know, or whether it's positioning it to a certain market, okay? So, just a couple of ideas there. But yeah, if you're if you're in control of the product design and the and the product itself, you're at a different level, okay? It's your product, it's your custom customized product. Now you can ask the supplier to customize your product. You know, people that are listening and saying like, well, how would you do that? You would ask the supplier if they can do this certain thing for you. Right. And they're going to have to make a custom mold or a custom design template of that, whatever the product is. And then from there, you're going to pay extra for that. I mean, you may pay four five, $6,000 for that custom mold, but that custom mold would be yours. Okay. So it really just depends again, how, how high a level you want to go with this out of the gate. But if you are talking about creating your own product, different level. Okay. And I would go into a more competitive space if I had my own custom product that was created by myself. Okay. So hope that that helped. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to another question and I'll give you my answer.
2: Hi, Scott. I just want to say thank you for your podcast there. Great. I'm kind of new to the group, but I'm marathoning through your podcast, and they are awesome. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, my question is um, on importing. I got my first uh, sample, and we love it, and everything looks great, and we're ready to rock and get our first uh, our, our first shipment of a couple of hundred um, units. And I live in Atlanta, and my supplier in China keeps saying uh, that they will ship to the Atlanta port. It will ship to the Atlanta port. And so, you know, the Atlanta is not on the ocean, but yet they're going to be shipped by boat. And I'm just wondering how that part works. I did ask my supplier uh, what Atlanta port, you know, what organization? And he replied, is this your first time buying something from China? And so uh, I think, it, you know, at that point it came pretty obvious. I was kind of green on this subject, so I just wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about, I mean, how do we link up with whatever services shipping our products over here um, to get them? And then, uh, because I did want them to ship straight to me and not Amazon uh, for that first shipment for quality control and uh, to check them out uh, before we forward them onto Amazon. But just wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that process works.
0: Hey, Mike, thanks so much for the question. And again, you probably wonder how I knew your name when you didn't tell me your name. Well, you did in an email, but guys, if you guys are going to ask a question, do me a favor, leave your name, okay? And that way I can address you. I got to look at the email, obviously. I know, I know, a little lazy, right? Uh, Just leave your name. I'd like to be able to address you uh, you know, accordingly. All right, so Mike, thanks for the question and congratulations on getting started and taking action. That is the first step. You guys all know that. Okay, now on the shipping thing, you guys probably know that uh, I'm not uh, that familiar with using, you know, sea transportation, you know, using the boat method, right? Uh, I I don't right now do that. I have friends that do. Some have been successful with it. Some, it's been a nightmare. So if you are going the boat route, which it sounds like you are, Mike, uh, my question at first would have been, you know, could it have been air shipped? at a reasonable rate to get you started, especially if it's only 100 or 200 units, okay, that would have been my first question, if it can't, then you would be probably better off just to go and hire a freight forwarder, okay, now, I don't have any that I recommend right now, I will reach out to uh, someone that has recently started doing this, he's got some pretty good connections, I will leave this, the link in the show notes here, okay, so as soon as I get done with this episode, I'll call out to him, I'll get that link and I'll include it in the show notes. So if you wanted to check out the freight forwarding service that he uses or that he's used and uh, has had good luck with, but that's what you're going to need to do. Uh, you're going to have to have a freight forwarder do it. You don't have to. It's just going to simplify the process because they're going to handle everything throughout that process. All right, and then that way there, you don't have to worry about picking it up from the port, getting it transported, all customs, all of that stuff. It's a it's a whole another ball game and that's what i mean when i tell people when you're starting especially in the beginning you want to you know reduce the amount of obstacles To go through. Okay. Now, some could say, yeah, but if I do that, then or if I do it this way, then I'm going to also be uh not with everyone else that's doing air. So it's going to be harder. So it's going to be less competition. Maybe so, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but in the beginning, I just think to get your feet wet, it's just one less thing you have to worry about. But I will look into that. But from everyone that I've talked to about this, it's always you they're always using pretty much a freight forwarder, and they handle everything from getting it from China to the boat, to off the boat, to Amazon or to your location or wherever the next place is. If you're using DHL Air, they're going to take care of everything. They're going to get the product from China. They're going to deliver it to wherever you want, and they're going to handle the customs papers. You're just going to pay the fees for customs and all of that. So That is my limited experience with using uh, C as transportation, but like I said, I am connected with some people that are doing that, and I have pretty close connections with them. I will reach out to him, and I will get that freight forwarder for you. We'll link it up inside of the show notes for you. Sorry I couldn't be of more help other than to advise in the future if you have any way of getting around this and either using a freight forwarder or using air, if at all possible, at least in the beginning. Guys, listen, if you're starting out and you're using air right now and it costs you an extra dollar per unit... It's okay in the beginning as long as you know that in the future you can reduce that cost, but you're going to speed up the time that it's going to be to get that product as well. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not doing air and you're, they're still saying they're going to deliver it to a port. I don't know why they would do that, uh, but if they did, again, that would be where you would want to get that connection to be. Listen, you know, Mr. Supplier, I want to get my product from DHL, from your place, DHL, I want them to deliver it door to door, okay? Door to door, not to a port. Okay. And, uh, and that's what I would be. And then the other comment you said where they say, well, Oh, is this your first time? You could just say it's my first time using your company, and it's my first time using C. We do not normally, you know, travel by boat. We usually do air. Um, so that's how I would address that. But yeah, that's pretty much um, all I can say on that. I'm sorry it wasn't more helpful. I know we have listeners that have done this as well, and uh, maybe what you want to do is come back to this episode, and maybe you guys can help out in the comments or something. That would be kind of useful and helpful. Or reach out to me and you know let me know if uh, if you have some resources or that you wanted to share, and I could uh, you know talk about them. Again again, on another show, or I could post them in, uh, you know, the, the comments myself, uh, we can get them out there. You know, again, this is, this is why I do this too. If it's something that I don't have a lot of experience with the audience usually does, you guys do. So, you know, reach out to me, reach out to someone in the Facebook page, whatever, and, uh, you know, help each other out, right? That's what it's all about. So let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my
1: answer. Hi Scott. It's Elliot from the UK. Um, just hoping to get another question to be answered on the Ask Scott session. Um, just wondering, I was setting up a paper per click campaign and um, I went to set up a, a manual campaign. And I know you've discussed at length sort of PPC strategies, but um, one thing that I haven't heard mentioned that perhaps you might be able to expand on or give some advice on is the actual match type when you go in and set up a a manual campaign there's three match types that you can select one is a broad match, one is phrase match and one is exact match and I just wondered whether you had experimented with any of these different match types and the bearing that that had on impressions, clicks, sales I think from my own research, what I've gathered is that uh, a broad match type will generally get you the most impressions, but might also get you some unwanted or irrelevant impressions or maybe clicks showing up on your adverts, Um, whereas exact match would probably be a little bit more restrictive. So I just wondered whether you had any experience or any comments on this, Scott, on the different match types and how that's influenced uh, pay-per-click campaigns. Or maybe you might be able to get a future guest on the show who's perhaps a bit more um, knowledgeable on this particular subject, but I think it could be an area that is interesting and perhaps could be expanded on in the, the TAS show on the different match types. So hopefully you can provide some insight on this. Thanks, Scott. Look forward to hearing from you. Cheers. Bye.
0: Hey, Elliot, thanks again for the question, and normally I try not to answer duplicate questions as quickly. I try to get everyone else's question in, but you had a really good question, and I actually just did a uh, podcast episode on this, so if you are listening to this for the first time and you haven't heard that episode, just aired, actually, and that one is going to be episode number 119, so that would be TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 119. So definitely check that out. But I will give you the Cliff Notes version here. Things have changed with inside of uh, the old good old Amazon pay-per-click, and they've rolled out some new features. They've rolled out some, yeah, they've rolled out, not ruled out, they've rolled out some really cool new features. And that is, they have the broad match, which they've always had. They have the exact match, they have phrase match, and they have negative keywords. So again, I talk really in detail about this in that episode 119 with Chris Schaefer. We break it all down, but to give you the quick answer to that is the broad is exactly that. It will mix and match different keywords that are related, uh, you know, that have different tails to them or different suffixes to them, um, all that stuff. The phrase would be something like garlic- Press or it could be press garlic or it could be uh you know bad tasting garlic uh press or bad or uh you know uh, ugly garlic press or it could be all of those things. That's kind of what the phrase is. The phrase means it's going to be in there for garlic press. Okay. Now exact is going to be exactly just that one phrase or that not even that phrase, that one keyword. It's gonna be garlic press. If if it's anything other than that, it's not going to come up okay? So if you want something to come up as far as like stainless steel garlic press and only that to be coming up when that is searched for, then you would want to use an exact match. Now, again, that episode 119, I would steer you back to that one because that one is going to give you all the nitty gritty, but really what you're doing here is you want to start with a broad campaign, you want to start getting some, some uh, you know, keywords that are coming back that are being searched for, and then you want to start then bringing them into a phrase match campaign, and then from there, you want to let that run a little bit, and then you're going to focus it down into an exact match, so you're going to be basically whittling things down, chiseling down uh, the the stuff that doesn't really get clicks, the stuff that doesn't get converted, but it does show you that there's impressions being done for that. Meaning there's being search. Uh, results for those particular keywords and then you can start really honing in on the ones that work and the ones that don't work the negative keyword now that would be something like if you didn't want someone to find your product that was typing in blue garlic press the negative keyword there would be blue so anything that has blue in it would not show up So that's the way that you can really fine-tune it with using negative keywords. That's in there as well. So I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be a game-changer. It's really close to being like the... uh the uh, AdWords program in Google AdWords, where you're able to uh, to use their uh, their pay per click platform. It's very similar to that. So, uh, really, really excited for that. So, again, I would urge anyone that is interested in that that new update and the pay per click kind of strategy, uh, check out episode 119. Again, that's the amazing forward slash one nineteen. All right, guys, that is pretty much going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. I want to, again, thank you for submitting these questions. If you do have a question of your own, send it to uh, me through that particular link. Go over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash ask. Leave your name. Leave a, a question. Try to keep it under a couple minutes, and then uh, I'll go ahead and try to get it answered on an upcoming show. And If you guys wanted to talk more in depth about certain topics or if you have questions, head over. to to the Facebook group, and that is at TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. Very active, over 16,000 TASers over there, and uh, yeah, go over there and have a conversation. Again, like-minded people, right? The more we hang around with people, we can get answers that we need. It'll also show us what's working, what's not working. We have questions. People are all at different stages in their business really, really awesome stuff. So that's it, guys. Thanks again so much for hanging out with me today. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. What do you have to do? Come on. Let's say it together as we always do. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome day, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.